Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to episode 153. This is Lucy Liu. And again, today's topic is relating to imposter syndrome because this is such an important topic that I talk about a lot. And it's not that women with more achievements don't experience imposter syndrome. Actually, the more successful you are, more things are at stake. So you actually could experience even more imposter syndrome. I want you to remember that it's not what you are that holds you back. It's what you think you are not. That's why I invited my guest today, Julia Kraft, who is the founder of the public speaking training company, Speak to Inspire. She has trained thousands of entrepreneurs and professionals in companies like LinkedIn, Salesforce, Twitter, and is passionate about helping smart professional women who are already experts at what they do, but still tend to freeze up and shrink down and get self-conscious when the spotlight turns to them. So if you feel like you're a little bit shy when you get put on stage or need to put out a presentation, or you feel you're more on the introverted side and want to be a better speaker or presenter, stick around and enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the show, Jolia. Thank you, Lucy. I'm so excited to have you because uh, we believe in so many of the same things and we just can't wait to share with you how it can help women, even if you're not an extrovert, to speak up and inspire, right? Because so many smart professional women are absolutely amazing. They are experts at what they do, but yet they still tend to freeze up and shrink down or get self-conscious when the spotlight turns to them. So how can you overcome that tendency? Well, it's a big question, but I totally agree with you that professional women, well, just women in general, have a powerful message, have an important voice, something the world needs to hear. And, and I think that just starting with that idea is an important step towards what you're talking about of, of overcoming this shrinking down and self-consciousness and anxiety that can come up when the spotlight is on us. You, you need to know that your voice is important, first of all. And that mindset shifts just right there, that mindset shift can start to support you to take risks, what might feel like a risk to speak up, to share more, to maybe even interrupt somebody to make sure that you're heard, you know, because the world doesn't necessarily give us permission or like lay out a red carpet <laughs> for you to share your voice. You, you sometimes have to like create the stage or take the stage, so to speak. But one of the biggest things that helps women overcome their self-consciousness and the playing small that becomes a habit over time is having more of a speaker's warm-up routine that they can shift from everyday life where you know you're doing your your day-to-day -day things you're writing emails computer work shift from day-to-day -day life to speaker mode where you're like you could say on this is especially important for introverts to shift modes where you're on in that you're ready for communication and connection you're a little heightened energy 
than everyday life, like this is an important moment. So that shift is really important to be able to access the flow state that will allow you to trust yourself, believe in yourself, and um, access your expertise in the moment. Does that make sense? Are you following me, Lucy? Oh, absolutely. This is this is more than the truth because the world's greatest speakers, they do jumping jacks, they do push-ups, they run around the stage or run around into the audience before and speaking engagement. So this is actually really essential to the energy that you're going to give off because so many times before speaking, whether it's in front of people or in front of a camera, wherever you're speaking at, you think you're getting nervous. Nervous, but instead you want to think this is exciting. So you're getting yourself pumped up mm. and how you perceive those feelings is going to make a world of difference. Yeah. Well said. Yes. I, I like to call it heightened energy. You know, it, it's not nervousness. It, was, it might not be excitement. You know, you might actually be dreading this opportunity. That's okay. But it is a heightened energy. Don't expect it to be a Sunday brunch. Like that's an expectation that's going to backfire on you. That's going to make you feel like you're failing if you're not calm. It's okay to have a heightened emotional experience in important spotlight moments. Like they're not everyday conversations. They're important. And I love that you highlighted jumping jacks or push-ups, things that are physical, because you're totally right. Communication and speaking is an embodied act. It's a physical, human, live experience, even if it's virtual like this, you know, over Zoom. There's no way to get away from that. It is your body, your physical voice that is doing the communication. So if you want to get better, if you want to feel better, you have to go through the body to get there. Absolutely. And of course, you have to actually regularly cultivate that confidence. And I've been on so many podcasts myself speaking about cultivating that confidence because it doesn't happen overnight, right? You have to be really intentional about who you want to be. And I think of that confidence as a decision that you're purposely intentionally cultivating that confidence for that high pressure communication moments that highlights your expertise and what you do for a living, right? How do you help your clients cultivate confidence? Yeah, so I agree with you. It's a decision, right? But it doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes time and it's like a muscle that you have to keep building or like keep toned <laughs> just like you would with going to the gym for your biceps or whatever so how i work with my clients is that i'm helping them to develop both internal confidence as well as external confidence you know when it comes to communication public speaking there's always those two parts of it is that i'm having an internal experience of what it's like to communicate with you and you're having an external experience of of, of me from what you can see visually and what you can hear and so you're making conclusions based on that you're coming to judgments about me you're deciding what my personal brand is all from more or less my nonverbal communication right isn't it amazing that we make those decisions like so quickly from what we can see on the outside and then if you ask somebody how are you feeling about this communication on the inside? They could say something completely different than what you see on the outside. They could say, I'm really nervous. They could say, I feel relaxed, but then they look the opposite on the outside. So we have to train both of these things. The internal confidence is all about overcoming past conditioning, 
of what, what you learned about how to be appropriate or what it means to be professional or polite. You should be a good girl, a nice girl, whatever. And really learning to be all of yourself in the world and make that okay. And then the external confidence piece is about public speaking skills. That's where you learn the best practices. So what to do with your hands, your eye contact, your facial expressions, your intonation, your how you approach the content with improvisation. I'm always encouraging people to improvise more versus scripting. So if you learn both of these things, the internal and external confidence strategies, that's when I see women really turn a corner and be able to both feel confident and be perceived as confident on the outside. And then that's when the opportunities come, right? Leadership opportunities, visibility opportunities, new jobs, etc. Yes, yes. And you mentioned those speaking skills. Can you elaborate on that and maybe just give our audience a couple tips on how they can be seen as a better leader while speaking? Yeah, and, and I'll specifically mention some things from virtual speaking, since that is our world these days, mostly, though some people are going back into the office. With eye contact is a big one. We learn to trust somebody by where their attention goes. So if you're watching someone speak and their eyes are all over the place, not present with you, the audience, even if it's just one person, you know, it's, we start to question, is this person present with us? Can I trust them? If you want to be seen more as a trustworthy leader, hold your eye contact more. With, in terms of virtual speaking, holding eye contact means looking towards the upper third of the computer screen. You don't have to like stare down that camera light because <laughs> that that's um, I think that's impossible to do. Like there's no way to stay on that light all the time. But if you look towards the upper third, more or less in the center, then we feel like you're present with us. That's a big one. Have you learned that before? Oh, I've learned that the hard way myself. Right when the pandemic shut down, I did a couple of summits. And later on, when I went back and look at those videos, like, oh my gosh, how far I've come. I was looking everywhere. Whereas now I'm looking straight towards the camera. It's it's it takes practice, but it's so important. And but we all start somewhere, right? Just because you're not looking into the camera doesn't mean you're not ready to speak. Just have fun. Mm. Yeah, show up. Showing up imperfectly is more important than you're not showing up until you're perfect. Exactly. Yeah. My, my general rule for eye contact is hold eye contact with the camera or with somebody in the physical audience 90 to 95% of the time. So that's a lot of the time, right? Almost the whole entire time. But if you look away a little bit, it's human. It's totally okay. Yeah, so that's a big one. Is there anything else you wanted to know? You mentioned the inner piece. And I think a lot of women wants to be professional when they're speaking. So how can women be seen more as leaders without acting more professional or acting like how men speaks mm -hmm. or acting like extroverts <laughs> yes like and what what does it mean to act like a man or what does it mean to act like a professional like where do we even get these <laughs> these concepts you know that's a question to ask is where did you get your concept of being a leader what is what does a leader look like in your mind where did you get your concept of being professional? What does professional look like to you? 
if you can start to bring that to your conscious awareness so that it's not controlling you on an unconscious level, that's the beginning of having more control and choice and power over your own mental experience, your mindset experience from the inside. And that will, of course, translate into your feelings, your emotions. But beyond that, you know, what it, does it mean to be a leader or be seen as a leader? It's about certainty. It's not necessarily about like coming across like anything in particular. You can be young or old or male or female or any race. As long as you have certainty, that's when we feel like, wow, okay, she's got something and I want to follow her. So even when you screw up, so to speak, like, you know, I forgot my thought a little bit earlier, like I blanked out. I don't have to make that a problem or mean it mean anything about me. But you can navigate the moment with certainty, certainty in your value, certainty in the value of what you have to say, of your experience, of your expertise. That's what allows you to be seen as a leader. So I, I help women to align with the fact that they, they already have the answers. They already know what's best to say. And that knowledge, that knowing comes from inside their body, so they can't lose it. So I teach them how to trust their impulses. And then all these fears, all this like control issues <laughs> start to fall away and they, they're in a flow more. They can access that flow. Yes. It's the certainty that you have the well of wisdom inside of you. You know, it's there. You always believe it's there. It's something different than when you have to question yourself or look for it. But when you're not searching, you just, it's that knowing that you already have it within you. And even if you screw up, it, it doesn't mean anything. When you get rejected, it doesn't mean anything about you is simply a circumstance and you get to decide how you make this situation a positive or negative. Right. Exactly. It puts you in the driver's seat. Love it. But many people still have this inner voice that tells us that helps us identify us not as a good speaker because we hear this so much. I'm not a good speaker or I'm introverted. I can't speak in public. But you know what? Every public speaker I've ever met probably thought they were a bad speaker at some point or that they were afraid of public speaking. So what advice, what final advice would you like to give women if they want to advance their careers or business, if they think they're not a good speaker or they're not ready yet, or, you know, they're just not there yet? Great question. You know, first of all, nerves are completely normal. It's the number one fear they say in America. And like Jerry Seinfeld says, it's like, if it's the number one fear and death is actually the number seven fear, that means that if we're all at a funeral, we'd rather be in the casket than up giving the eulogy. <laughs> uh, and when you put it that way, I don't know if it's true, but fear is normal. And um, stop making it a problem to be nervous, right? We talked about having a heightened energy. That's that's normal. Get used to that. You could say it's even about getting getting comfortable being uncomfortable. That you can like increase your tolerance with being uncomfortable. But you asked me, what is it that the introverted women need to do? And I think the biggest thing that they need to do is learn to manage their energy because introversion 
as introverted women, it will take a lot more energy for us to put ourselves out there and be visible. You just got to expect that. As an introverted woman, it takes you more energy to speak in public or to have that important conversation. It takes more energy. So you just got to know that. And that, that's a good expectation to have for yourself. So learn to manage your energy. And that speaker warm-up routine is a big part of that. Because if you can switch fully into speaker mode, be fully on, and then also recover and be fully off, then you start to be able to be your fullest best self in those moments. It's it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you if you're your best self, fullest self, and then you recover and then you can do that again, you build a positive history with yourself and a belief in yourself over time that you've got this. So that speaker's warm-up routine, managing your energy, that is what really builds confidence over time. Absolutely. But once you're on that stage, what I find is a lot of women feel what they're talking about is not inspiring. They feel their story is not inspiring the audience. Whereas I believe humans have a natural tendency to hear stories. We are lovers of stories. I mean, ever since we were young, we love hearing about all types of fairy tales, stories, and we write papers in school that we learn some type of lesson from each story. So I believe that every woman has a story. And when you tell that story, it's going to inspire the audience. But if the speaker herself does not believe so, what are your top mindset shifts? Uh -huh. I think you're right on that every woman has a story and that stories are very inspiring. I work with a lot, you know, I live in the Bay Area, so I work with a lot of women that are more tech oriented, engineers, left brain oriented. And so a lot of their presentations, you could say, are boring. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like a lot of data. It's not necessarily information that you would think is interesting. But the point is that that woman is interested in that stuff. Like there's a reason why she went that direction with her career. Right. I have a, a client right now who's a mathematician. So she's presenting ex like advanced formulas that go over my head. I look at her presentations. I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but she totally geeks out on it. So if you can access your own passion about what you're talking about, right, it lets your interest and your care come through. This is again about nonverbal communication. It's not about the words. You might be saying the exact same words, but if you can say them with passion and bring your care and insight to them, then all of a sudden they're brought to life for your audience. There has to be feeling in order for something to be inspiring, right? So never let things become intellectual or heady. You know, always bring your human emotion to it, just like you were saying about story. Beautiful. Thank you. In and out of your business, what is a favorite quote mm -hmm. that you go by? Yeah, yeah, great question. I thought of this earlier as we were talking. So one of my mentors is Kristen Linklater, who is a voice teacher. And I studied acting and majored in theater. And so she she's one of the most world-renowned voice teachers for actors. You might not have heard of her, but she wrote this great book called Freeing the Natural Voice. And her whole concept is that everyone has a powerful dynamic voice within them that has at least a two to four octave range that can express the whole gamut of emotions, thoughts, ideas, experiences. 
I love that quote from her. It's the belief that there's already a natural, powerful voice within you and that our only job is to remove the blockages, the stagnation, the cobwebs from your natural voice to let it shine out. Beautiful. Thank you, Julia. Keep shining. And for our audience, if you've enjoyed this conversation, go check out Julia's work. Super easy to remember. It's just speak to inspire.com. Thank you, Julia. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 